Frank, breaking news here on Phone Booth Fighting before we talk about anything else. We have to announce the live show that you and I are doing in Chicago uh, with the American gangster Chael Sonnen. That's right. The suspended live stage show returns after its uh, hit run here in Las Vegas uh, for the first time ever in Chicago. It's going to be Thursday night, April 26th at the Laugh Factory in Chicago. Angelo Reyes is here as well, uh, Frank's striking coach. Frank, uh, this all came together very, very quickly. I mean, so quickly that I know you're nervous about the fight. I'm nervous about filling up the Laugh Factory because <laughs> we've got one week <laughs> to uh, get the word out to everybody. Uh, are you really that worried? I'm not that worried. I, I thought it was going to be a sold out right away. Richard Hunter, this, Jail Sonnen. This, the same reason you have Angelo in your corner is the same reason I have Angelo in my corner. Are you kidding yeah. me? You're yeah. awesome, man. Thank the you, Stratosphere Angela. show. He just ray Yeah, he ray me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Like your last joke, the uh, only well, God will judge me yes. from the last episode. Yeah. Man, I thought that's hilarious. Thank you very much. Well, you'll hear comedy like that uh, on Thursday night, April 26th. It's an 8 p.m. show. And Frank, this Laugh Factory is a beautiful club. Uh, so it turns out they're big fans of ours and, uh, they're very excited about having the show. And so, uh, hopefully the ticket link is up live, uh, go to, uh, just look up, uh, Chicago laugh factory, Google that and, uh, tickets are either on. So they will be very soon and tickets are, uh, discounted if you buy in advance. So I'm actually breaking this news to you. Uh, yeah, so can, can I ask you a question then? Are you actually going to do even like a small set, Frank? Two minutes? Yeah, I'm oh, a two minute set. set. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, yep. it'd be fine. It'd be the first time that the main event of any fighter on any combat sports realm, whether boxing or MMA, has ever done a comedy set two days before his actual fight. I feel like it would be too much work to even try to prove you wrong on that. So I'm going to agree. <laughs> I mean, it sounds right. It sounds right. Just, just yeah. on that alone. The Laugh Factory Chicago should be sold out. Yeah. We'll be doing okay, man. I mean, yeah. we'll use uh, CJ, you know. we got to let him know. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Bellator uh, PR guy yeah. will absolutely let him know. You don't think there's a chance that, like, in whatever little Russia section of Chicago that Fedor is going to be doing his stand-up that same <laughs> night? I, I think he's doing his own press conference. I oh, know. is he really? Yeah, they, they have a special press – because I was – I was bitching and moaning about the fact that I'm the only one doing PR for the fight. Oh yeah, <laughs> in Chicago. Yeah, and uh, they're like, "Hey, hey, you know, it's you know, obviously, uh, you know, there's a reason why you're doing it, not him. And but don't worry, he has to do some extra stuff that you don't have to do, mm -hmm. which is, uh, you know, they're going to have a special little uh, press conference just for the uh, Russian uh, community. Oh, okay, yeah. and it's a big one in Chicago. Yeah, that's from what I understand. There's a huge drawing there. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. why they scheduled the fight there. I mean, yeah. Fedor doesn't want to do any kind of. You know, he actually speaks English really well. Does he really? Yeah. That son of a bitch. Yeah, he's, he, he, he hides behind the fact that he doesn't, but he's yeah. actually. The rumor was that Anderson Silva always did that, too. I've actually spoken to Anderson Silva in English. Oh, yeah. In English? Yeah. yeah. He speaks oh, English. He's like, hey, Frank, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> Looks uh, around, makes sure no one's watching. Yeah. And as soon as somebody comes, he's like, I don't speak Portuguese. I don't know what to say. Uh, 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 
Ooh, bobblehead. Ooh, bobblehead. <laughs> he just starts doing that. Yeah. I um, actually, I was thinking because you said bobblehead. Yeah. I was trying to find someone, Frank. You're trying to find your Fedor uh, bobblehead. No, no, you got no, two no, of I don't, them. I don't How have could a you fade. lose both of them? Actually, Scott Cooker, I do not have a Fedor bobblehead. What are you and talking I, and about? I, like I was one. with you. No, the no, night. Kimbo Slice. Oh, that's yeah. Kimbo Slice. slice. I don't have go. the Fedor bobblehead, but I was trying to find somebody in Vegas that had one because I wanted you to do the. Remember when Ali did it in Thriller Manila? Where you grab the doll and you're like, "Come on, gorilla, this is gonna be a thriller." Oh, Remember yeah. he was doing it. To, uh, so I, I didn't was, know that. I, I was barely born then. Oh. I think Frank was. Well, uh, I, you're a historian, though. You well, yeah, I do it. remember that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, hang on. Now. I got to um, finish getting out our. Um, pl- our. Go ahead, Frank. Shit. Oh, speaking about the English thing. Yeah. That's why it's funny, especially over there at ACB, right? With all the Chechens and the yeah, couple yeah, guys that are yeah. Russian and stuff. I've had moments now where I've realized you got to be careful who you speak English around. Because, for example, one of the matchmakers, right, his name is Ibrahim. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ibi, right, great guy, but he didn't speak a lot. Mm-hmm. I just always, as a dumb American, assumed that because he wasn't speaking in front of me that he didn't speak English. Oh, yeah. Thank goodness I never said anything awful because we were yeah. sitting there, this was probably about six months ago, and I'd worked now since, you know, I'm a year and a half into the company. So it's about a year into it, and, I, and we're sitting there talking, and all of a sudden he starts chiming in on the conversation. You know how weird that is to hang out with somebody for a year mm-hmm. and not realize, and they didn't actually decide to... I'm just sitting there, I look over at him, like, well, I guess you know that I'm not a dick because I've never talked shit about you because <laughs> I would have. Yeah. <laughs> I would have just assumed that you didn't speak, you know what I mean, because you never spoke, you know, just sit there, you know, and then like when someone translates, he would look over and hear the translation. I'm like, <laughs> you dick, you knew exactly. And then he sp- really sold it. <laughs> yeah. Complaints like, well, I don't speak English very good. I'm all, you're holding a complete conversation with me. Yeah. Come on, man. Okay. What else is being hidden? All right. Well, well, what what's being buried here is is our uh, live show plug. I got to make sure I do this real strong because we need all the support we can get. So, what's up, Chicago? Uh, by the way, our fourth biggest U.S. market of listeners, Chicago. So that should mean something. Um, uh, hopefully, you guys, uh, you're hearing this. You're going to spread the word. You're going to tell your fellow Chicagoans. Are they Chicagoans? Chicagoans. Chicagoans. Hopefully, you're going to tell your fellow Chicagoans. And all of you guys are going to come out to the Laugh Factory on Thursday night, April 26th, two nights before the Fedor fight. But it's a 8 p.m. show. Uh, Frank, myself, and the American gangster Chill Sonnen live on stage together. Maybe even a special guest or two will join us out there. And if you haven't seen the live show before, Frank, tell everybody, describe the show that you and Chill and myself put on. Well, I think that uh, neither one of us or any of us in that crew will ever be accused of uh, being... uh Short <laughs> on words. No, we're a, a long-winded group of guys that yeah. uh, seem to be able to speak pretty candidly. Um, in fact, if anything, you're probably the most uh, sensible of us. Thank Chael you. and I are probably uh, neck and neck for who might actually get banned. Yeah, <laughs> of those three stooges, I'm Mo. Yes. <laughs> Is Mo the? Is he the? Yeah, Mo's the one with the black hair, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're curly. Yeah, curly. Right. Oh, okay. Just because you're the chill was curly. Well, no, because because Frank okay. is the closest to having the curly body. He's the biggest. Okay. He's the burly one. Okay, you're talking. And I thought you were go off the fro though. Yeah, I got, I got the well, tight little rings. That's true. That would be good for Larry. But I would say with if you lined us up next to each other. Uh, well, you know what? That's a good conversation for the stage. Yeah, Maybe we'll a... sort that out because Chill 
should be involved in the conversation as truly, well. Truly, So you were saying, I yeah. So we're yeah. going to talk handily about things. I think we're able to rift back and forth. Uh, you know, if anybody comes there, they know that you know we have mics in the audience. Feel free to be part of the show. There's going to be uh, audience Q and A yeah, for sure, and it helps keep everything moving. And then mm-hmm. obviously the before or after, I'll do a stand up piece and go up there. And uh, Chael does a stand up, doesn't he? He says, okay, he no, he's never done it if i recall correctly because we asked him that now maybe could he be persuaded to give it a try ah. i don't know let's uh put the peer pressure on it i think chael can go up there i'll do my stand up you can do your set and even if he just does a couple of minutes yeah it'd be good we had no in chael he'll just rift yeah well we had a good, charlie sheen it we had a good bit with him yeah really we had, you know i saw that show live when charlie sheen did, did you that really? tour. yeah i actually did now, see, yeah. i would have paid to go to it yeah. until i heard what he did yeah at one of the shows where he's like making fun of people because you bought the tickets i'm like all right that's that's not cool it was tough i'll we'll save that story for for another show but uh uh you know we did a good bit with chael when we did the the live show with him here in las vegas where um, I think he's really good at live reads on his podcast. Like you give him a sponsor. Yeah, you, you said that to me more than once. Yeah, you, I remember being on your live show. And yeah, he, that is what he's. That's good what at. he's done. Yeah, yeah he, he said knows. he just fits it in yeah. seamlessly. Oh right? yeah. So we made a like horrible fake products and had him improv a great live read to sell you a horrible yeah. product. Like uh, one of them was uh, the Flat Tire Club, where you paid a subscription fee. And every month, somebody flattened one of your tires. <laughs> and he actually came up with this whole scenario about how it gives you back time in your life while you're waiting for that tire to be changed to do the little things like call your wife, tell her you love her, <laughs> read a book, smell the roses. Yeah, he's Just great at it. Slow down. Oh, so maybe funny. we'll do uh, that bit. I know, I know there's going to be a round of combat name that tune on that stage now the question is now here's the interesting thought about that though that's normally where we clear the stage frank and i hit the uh the ground and the dj plays a random classic rock song that i have to verbally identify before frank can submit me yes uh now uh my thought is that with the fight being two days away i mean we don't want to risk some random freak injury because i am allowed to defend the submissions well because he's allowed to really submit you well sure yeah what so, if i pull a hamstring that's what right? i'm yeah. thinking so, so maybe chael chael has to step in for oh would want to step that in. would be awesome but here's what i'm thinking just follow me on this because i'm a long game kind of guy okay tell me if this makes sense what i'm thinking is we we have him stand in for you on combat name that tune uh, we explain, hey, your fight's in two days. Don't want to risk an injury. But given the fact that if you beat Fedor, then you and Chael fight next, it gives me a chance to grapple with him a little bit. He will not expect that I'm actually scouting. Right. And then I'm going to pick up a Feel few Feel the tells. pressure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I like see, how you're thinking. See what I'm doing? And that Big way, Dick's got some good ideas. We got that clean. I think that's going to live on yeah. in the archives. Uh, thank you, Angelo. Um, it's funny because that nickname, Big Dick, mm-hmm. most of us can say it and not sound completely just black chalk or you know blackboard just nails yeah. just screeching. Yeah. Somehow, Angelo's able to make it sound like obscene, right? Like you know. Like we yeah. all know the joke behind it, but I mean, but Angelo's able to put a spin on it where he's like. Big dick! Yeah. <laughs> Just like, damn. 
<laughs> and you know you did it, right? Because you're laughing. For those at home that are not watching us on YouTube, yeah, that's the reddest I've ever seen a little Filipino get. <laughs> Angelo's got a strong delivery. Yeah, he does. When he's passionate, he is a man of passion. That is something he'll never ever be accused of as being unpassionate. Mm-mm. No, apathetic Angelo. Even though the alliteration works, yes. uh, it does not fit. A, the description for him. That's actually why I've seen him and Anna hang out together. It's kind of funny because mm-hmm. Anna, I've never heard her raise her voice above. Yeah. I mean, there's times where I'm like, what? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, she can walk in the room and, you know, soft spoken, quiet, doesn't, you know, she could be dying of water. You know, dehydration mm-hmm. wouldn't ask for a glass of water. You know? No, she's the teller to his pen. And then you got Angela walks in and it's like, oh, <laughs> what do you got there? <laughs> 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 so we're going. Can I tell the story real quick? The ultimate, the ultimate on Angelo. Angelo's the Angelo's one of the best in the world at yep. right, promoting. He really is. Oh yeah, because I'm awful at it. Angelo has really been an asset in that mm-hmm. fact of mm-hmm. getting out there and talking and stuff. And 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 a weakness of mine is is the story I heard from Robin uh, uh, Tony Roberts, right? Or uh, I'm trying to think of um, Tony Robbins. Tony, Tony Robbins, Robbins. the motivational, motivational speaker guy. guy. Yeah, he talks a story about hey, you know what? You got to go out in life and ask for it. You know, mm-hmm. you got to go out there and get shit. You know, mm-hmm. no one's just going to hand you anything. You know, and he talked about how one time he was walking in an alley, and this you know uh, this bum came up to him and basically was like, hey man, can I get a dollar? He goes, yeah, sure. You want a dollar? So then Tony Robbins says, I pulled out about ten grand out of my pocket, flipping past all the hundreds. You know, I'm finally getting to like, you know, some 50s, a 20s, a 10, fives. So the homeless guy sees me going through all this money and I pull out a $1 bill and he goes, I hand it to him. So the guy goes, well, well, shit, could you have given me more? He goes, well, you didn't ask for more. You asked for a dollar. And then, you know, the moral story is like, hey, you know, go out there and get yours, you know, and, and I'm bad at that. I really am. I'm not that guy. I mean, you, you know, you've helped with sponsorships and shit like that. Like, mm-hmm. I don't ask for things. You know what I mean? I'm just like, ah, you, know, you know, I don't want to be a bother. You know, it's just not my personality. And as a businessman, that's not a good thing, you know. Mm-hmm. I've tried to learn how to be better at it, and Angelo's good at it. But to me, the epitome of, of one time of just like, I'm like, Angelo, come on, man. You know, because, you know, different things like, you know, with portion control and stuff. He's like, hey, where could Anna fit in? And I'm always up like, oh, yeah, well, you know, we'll see where we can fit her in, fit her in here, fit her in there. But then when he was listening to the show, he goes, oh, that T-Nation. You know, the, Low T-Nation. Low T-Nation. They sponsor the show, yeah. I'm like, if oh. you're a man in your uh, late 40s. <laughs> Who's slowing down? Right, uh, doesn't quite have the get up and go that you used to. I'm not exactly describing Anna here, no, no, am so I? You're not no. even describing me. <laughs> right. So he asks me, he goes, "Hey, you know, like, you know, what do they do for the show?" I'm like, "Oh, you know," and I explain the financial backing behind yeah. it. Goes, "Well, you think they would do like a sponsor and, and give stuff?" I'm like, "Oh, f- for you?" He's like, "No, for Anna." I'm like, <laughs> "Angelo, do you even listen to what Low T Nation is?" He goes, "Well, is there anything that can help out Anna?" I'm like. No, I'm like, dude. There's absolutely nothing they can do for her. You know what I mean, like, are you serious? Do you want her to have like, hey, Angela? <laughs> put hair on. I'm like, you know that expression, put hair on your chest. This really will put hair on your chest. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like looking at him. I'm like, it's the only time I've had to tell him, be like, dude. Not even close. You're not even like, <laughs> like I would say you're like in left field, but you're like at the wrong ballpark. You know what I mean? Like I mean normally I tell people to visit lowtnation.com and call the toll free number for a free consultation. I would definitely not tell Anna 
to do that. Yeah. That's so to me, I'm just looking at him like Angelo. Oh. <laughs> I love you, buddy, but come on, man. <laughs> it's just an it's an instinct though, isn't it, yeah, Angelo? I mean it's a it's a keeping you sharp for the hunt. Yeah. Yeah, keeping you sharp well, like for that. Nine out of a hundred times, right. it helps Angelo get those things, go out there. This is that one out of a hundred. I'm like looking at him, like going, "No, no, stop. We don't want to go there." It's just like some weird episode of Family Guy, doesn't it? You know, where like Stewie yeah. shows up all like jacked. jacked. <laughs> there was an episode like that. <laughs> All right. Well, Anna's retired now, and Angelo got her on the uh, <laughs> the program. <laughs> For laughs like that, join us Thursday night in Chicago, 8 p.m. April 26th at the Laugh Factory in Chicago. It is uh, it's right off of uh, it's right by Wrigley Field, Frank. Uh, it looks to like uh, there's a lot of fun nightlife and stuff going on around there so uh i'm excited for this you know i i, I must say as uh, the the uh backpack specialist in the mirror camp thank you Datsusara. i was uh just a tad worried in uh when we started formulating this idea i thought well gosh is that is that going to be good for frank but then the more we talked about it i'm like yeah, yeah, it's actually it really good for Frank. Yeah. A, an hour for Frank to just get up and talk and like we do yeah. is a great thing probably when you're a couple of days out from a fight, right? Yeah, I mean, hey, look, what am I going to do? Go hide in the room and and, and sit there? And, and that's one thing that's why I like having my family around me, my wife, my friends. I mean, yeah, uh, it's a distraction. I mean, yeah. you know, when it's time to focus on the fight, it's time to focus on the fight. And you have your moments during the camp that, you know, or during the week that we'll drill and we, we mm-hmm. break down. But uh, it can't be a 24-7. You'll burn yourself out. You know, some guys like to meditate. I like to actually tell jokes. It's one thing that I'm actually, you know, leading up to the fight. Like, I'm notorious, that guy that just keeps dropping one-liners and jokes that I've read on the Internet and just starting discussions and debates. And I think that uh, it helps pass the time. And it's amusing and it's fun. And so it's something that I would be doing anyways. And now it's one other thing that we can bring the fans in. It's like, hey, you'll be able to see what I look like two days before a fight, uh, how I relax, how I chill out. Um, I'm well under the, the, the 265 limits. So um, it isn't like I'll be miserable. I mean, the only thing is I can't have a drink with anybody. Unless Mrs. Mears turns around. No, we're not going to be doing that. That's for after the fight. We'll sneak it out. Oh, no, man. No. We've had some pretty awesome knockouts. Ah. <laughs> Having your favorite beer right before the fight. <laughs> I'm just saying, hey, I'm coaching. I'm just saying, my man's gotten some highlight knockouts. Well, we're going to be. There's a little bit of beer ritual I do the night before fights. and. And, and we missed it at the hunt fight. Yes, uh-huh. we did. And so he, Angelo gets on my case about it. Oh, because we didn't have the right beer. Oh yeah. But uh, in, in in but my other fights with Angelo, I drank a beer the night before. Mm-hmm. I drank a, a certain type of dark beer that I get from uh, it's Brazilian. Oh okay. Uh, Zengu. It's, mm-hmm. it's spelled you know X. That or um um. What's the other one? Rochford. Yes. It's R O C H F. ORT, it's a Belgium. Okay. Uh, and it's uh, it's phenomenal beer. And it's like just the night before you drink a beer, you relax, kind of hang out. All right, out. I'll tell I mean, you what. We'll, let's, let's see if we can have the Chicago Laugh Factory get one of those kinds of beers. Okay. And then you can have that post show. Yeah. You know, we'll kind of. Do during show. You or know? during the show. Yeah. Okay. Well, however you do it. But yeah. we'll see if we can get them to have that. But then we have the guy. The, part of the ritual is James and Robert have to be there. Yeah. Okay. Because it's me and the cornerman all have a beer together. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay, well, then maybe they can, and the audience can join you in it. 
right? I like, just realized you'll never be able to corner me now. Uh, we'll get you an O'Doul's. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Have you ever drank in an O'Doul's? No. That's gross, dude. It's an alcohol-free beer. I mean, I, I've it, heard you, what You're aware of it, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's That'd not be like being vegan, though, dude. Like, this does not taste like uh, beer. It, does it taste like beer I don't know. I've never had It's one. terrible. I've, I've it? never it's had a beer, horrible, so I yeah. won't know the difference. This is true. Yeah. <laughs> I like me my beer, Frank, and O'Doul's doesn't make right. the cut. You just got to be careful of whose coffee you drink. Yeah. <laughs> What does that mean? I thought we were plugging this coffee. Well, yeah, absolutely. Ellefson yeah. Coffee. That's right. Ellefson Coffee. Go to Ellefson Coffee Co. and use the promo code phone booth for 10% off your purchase. Was that? You don't you remember when you drank my coffee the other night? Or this was probably about uh, six weeks ago. And you're like, oh, God, that's oh, awful. Oh, God. <laughs> yes. You drank his coffee? You know what? I didn't even drink it because I could, I could smell some <laughs> kind of alcohol coming toward my face. Oh. Yeah. So, this was two months ago. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, it's during the week, so I shouldn't, you know, I don't drink during the week. But I was just, we were out, and I was, I was like, oh, I have a black coffee. And so, the bartender was like, you don't want anything in it? And I'm like, nah, I shouldn't. He's like, well, you don't want a tequila in there. We've got free tequila. I'm all, and I look left, look right. I'm like, yeah, screw it. Put a shot of tequila in there. It wasn't hurt. So, he put this uh, coffee in front of me, right? And I've been drinking coffee all night, so now i got the special coffee. It's loaded, right? So it's sitting there, and before I get to take a drink of it, <laughs> Richard reaches over grabs it. And what's worse Because I had one coming, too. Right. My nutritionist is right there. So he takes a sip, and he looks at me, and goes, and then so Aaron's like, have you been spiking your coffee? I'm like, I wasn't, but I was trying to now. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, me, I don't see this coming, so I start to, I'm like, I make a big thing, and I'm like, oh, God, what? Yeah. What is in this? This oh. is definitely not Ellis no. and oh. Have you noticed a trend that he does that? No, because then there was tonight, right? All right. It kind of follows seg- along. The, we're going to okay. segue into that. Okay. We'll get yeah. into it. But once again, like, I'm looking at him, and it wasn't like it was a real discreet, hey, Frank, I, oh, because Richard's mind is not like my brain. Like, Let's face it, uh, in another life, I'd be a total criminal. Uh, I just somehow got lucky that I was loved enough that, you know, I didn't go that route. You are loved. Yes. But, loved uh, but, but, but we are, you know, so, so <laughs> Richard does, he, he drinks it. He's real loud, everybody at the table. Oh, my God, there's something, there. dude, there's something wrong with that. And I'm like looking at him. All, Actually, there wasn't, but thank you, buddy. So then I had to like take it up to the bar and like. You know, the, the yeah, Frank actually told it. He's like, hmm, well, that's not, that <laughs> doesn't sound <laughs> right. I'll return yeah. so this. So I, I sit there, I'm like, I'm looking at him like, it wasn't good. I'm like, ah, I'm not, just make me a regular <laughs> coffee. So no alcohol for me. Damn it. All right. That leads to tonight. We do have fights to talk about, but uh, this is funny, yeah. Frank and Angelo uh, contributed organically to tonight's show in a way that cannot uh, be delayed. We have to tell the story right away. It was a real comedy of errors in the parking lot here at the Bent Pixels uh, studio this evening. All right, so here's what happens. <clears throat> can I tell – it's funnier if they hear my version of what I heard, and then you can tell the backstory. Okay, let's just set the stage. So it the plan was uh, we're actually – yeah, Frank's training. Yep. Uh, I was actually going to go to training. Yeah, and I we, thought you were going to go to I'll training. be there tomorrow night. We didn't have the show all planned out and everything, so I thought, you know what? I'm getting out of work late. Let me go ahead and just go up to the studio, get everything set up. So I figured you guys would be arriving around 8 or so, and Mikey and I get here about 7.30. We get everything set up. Now, Mikey and I are in here. We get the show set up. 7.30 turns to 8. 8 turns to 8.30. 8.45. We're getting closer to 9. And Mikey and I are kind of starting to go, this is weird. I hadn't heard from anybody. I wonder if everything is okay. 
That's now, can I tell him what he said to me? I should tell him what he saw out in the parking okay. lot. Okay, all right. Then that can and then set it up goes your to story. You. Okay. Yeah, go there. Yeah. Go there. Okay. Well, and then also the reason why we're late is because Brett Akimoto, uh, Brett Akimoto from ESPN, mm-hmm. was going to come and and what the Bellator told me was like, hey, the ESPN guy Brett, and I and I know Brett for years now. Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, he's going to come. He's Most gonna, handsome guy on media row. He by wants the way. to watch. You know, he's going to come watch your training session. Mm-hmm. I'm like, ah, oh, cool, whatever. Brett comes in, watches, he goes, oh, I was going to do an interview too. And then Brett, because he, he saw that I was very uncomfortable with my back after training, he goes, well, you know, we could just do another time. I'm like, no, you're here. You already made mm-hmm. the trip. Let's do it. So we get in the car. We start talking. So that's why it prolongs even longer. Yeah. I, I get going and I forgot to call you. And then I made the mistake of because the truck, the Escalade was on. And since the time change, I haven't changed the manual yeah. clock. Yeah. So as I'm looking up, just absentmindedly i'm like oh it's only 804 803 yeah it's 904 it was an hour off and so i didn't think to even say hey real quick brett let me call richard let him know i'm behind i'm like oh you know they probably expect me about now you know we're doing good on time yeah yeah so it wasn't me see right i i thought what i assumed was that angelo had somehow commandeered the interview and that you guys might still be there but that turned out not to be the case okay so so here's where this gets really crazy so mikey and i are sitting here in the studio kind of wondering where everybody is and mikey says you got your mic on there mikey tell yeah. me what tell everybody what you said to me well i ran down to grab uh grab my i ran to my truck to grab some gaff tape and i see a white escalade part next to my truck and there's a girl in the driver's seat and so i come up and i'm like is mrs Meir here and mm-hmm. I'm like, I think she's out in the parking lot. So like, is Frank with her? Like, have they been sitting there for a while? Mm-hmm. And then, so that's pretty much it. I passed right. it on to Richard. So I, so, so after a few minutes, I thought, because I thought maybe you two arrived together. Maybe you're talking on the car for a second. But then enough time passed. I thought, well, this is weird. Let me go down there and look. And uh, now it's dark. I have horrible vision. Everybody always sees me Your with my glasses. I got, I'm nearsighted and farsighted. It's awful. If I didn't have contacts in right now, you guys, Frank's face would be blurry to me. So uh, I go downstairs, and uh, I now Angelo and Frank both drive white Escalades. That's going to be important to the story. Sure enough, there is a white Escalade sitting there on the other side of Mikey's truck. And uh, I walk over to the Escalade, and behind the wheel is a petite, raven-haired, attractive woman wearing glasses. Now, that definitely describes Mrs. Mir. Yeah. Okay? Very true. So, as, as I started to approach the window to see if she wanted to come in the studio so she didn't have to wait out in the car, I thought, no, I don't. She was looking down at her phone, right? She's looking at her phone. I thought, well, I'm not going to go up in the night and knock on the window and scare her. Maybe she shoots me and guns me down with one of the Mir family weapons, and then that really casts a pall over the direction of the future of the podcast. So, um, so I stepped away. I walked away from the car because I was I was actually afraid she was going to look up and be like, huh, you know, like, yeah, you know. Yeah. So, so I walked away all the way over to my car. <clears throat> I called Mrs. Mir on the phone. Because clearly she's in the parking lot. And when she answered the phone, this is how certain I was that that was her. When she answers the phone, I say, do you want to come in the studio? And she goes, um, this is Jenny. And I go, yeah, I know. I Don't you want to come in the studio? And she goes, I'm at home. And I go, oh, well, that's weird. 
And then I basically just explained what happened the now, way see, I just explained it to you. But you didn't tell her who it was. You hadn't figured it out yet. Exactly. No, I did not and, know. Here's and, uh, No one had told me who was coming with who. Right, right. Any so of that. You I did Mrs. not know Mere. it was on. And, and here's the thing. The way he even ends it. Like, you don't do that, dude. You don't. Oh, really? It's not you? No, I no no no. Weird. No, no, no. I didn't end it that way. <laughs> How'd you end it? How'd you end it? With her? I went okay. in I went into to detail. I was like I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, that's weird." Well, I said there's there's some girl sitting over there alone in the parking lot. <laughs> that's terrible. Man. <laughs> Keep going. But I said it looks like, like she's you. waiting for somebody. I said <laughs> Yeah. So all the married men at home right now can realize the phone call I'm about to receive. And I said, but it looks, and she goes, well, is she outside the studio? And I go, no, she's over like across the parking lot and she's probably waiting for, because we are in a complex of other little workspaces. And so we're not the only people here. And I said, well, she's, yeah, she's probably hiding waiting far for, enough away the parking lot so that she's yeah. hidden. Right? <laughs> she's waiting for somebody else. Yeah. And, and so she goes, oh, okay. She goes, well, um, I'll uh, I'll call Frank. She goes. I think he was doing an interview. By the way, that's the first time hearing of the interview. That's yeah. the first time okay. hearing that there no, was going to be any that. delay. Yes, okay. Yes. And and normally Frank would text me or call me or something. So you know I just and so uh, so I said oh she goes she goes well I think he's doing an interview. I'll call now. She's just this calm with me yes. on the phone. Yeah, oh, okay. Well I, th- I I think he's doing an interview. I'll uh, I'll call him. Boy. I barely uh, had. That you can on, imagine where this phone call is yeah, That call on the other side because it's on speaker too. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> no. So I get Mrs. Mirror calls me and goes, Richard just called me right now. I'm like, eh, yeah, babe, I'm just finishing up the interview. Mm-hmm. She goes, okay. She goes, there's some girl waiting outside the uh, studios, dark hair, glasses. I'm all, what? That was it. I was yeah. like, oh, shit. You know, I'm sitting there like, Richard said there's some girl. I'm like, and then immediately I go, is it Anna, like who's waiting for us, who drives an Escalade, who has dark hair, and wears glasses? Yeah, because you knew Anna was coming. Yes, yeah, Angelo yes, knew Anna was yes. meeting you guys. She here. goes, well, how could Richard not know that it's Anna? I'm like, he's fucking blind. <laughs> 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 Fuck if I know. Hold on. So that's why I call you up. I'm like, Richard. Go take a picture. It's Anna, please. Oh, God. <laughs> and, and Angelo's laughing in the car. I can hear him. And now we're all sort of started. Everybody's laughing but Frank. Yeah. Angelo's laughing. I'm laughing. I'm like, and, I'm like, all jokes aside, guys. This yeah. isn't funny. Yeah, Frank's like, I'm actually very serious right now. Could you just take a photo with her and hold up a newspaper with the, today's headline underneath it? And, uh, and If anybody's not aware, Mrs. Mirror is... <laughs> He's extremely jealous and very aware. 17 years, man. Yeah, I mean, and, and I'm years. her property. And uh, yeah. yeah. And I, I still was like, well, I don't want to scare Anna. And Frank's like, she's unarmed. Just go go, <laughs> yeah. go get her out of the I'm car. Like, she don't have a gun. They don't have a gun. Pose for a photo together. Get it to me immediately. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. But just because I can, I mean, from my wife's point of view, yes. she's like, yeah. Wait a minute, motherfucker. There's some girl waiting outside yeah. the studios. You know what I mean? Like, is it a Park crazy fan? Away. You know, yeah. like some fan that now, like, you know, and she's thinking like some stalker is going to come grab me. You know what I mean? And, you know, I, I get it. You know, she she thinks that there's some kind of crazy female fans that want to yeah. throw themselves at me. I'm like, eh, I'm kind of getting, I don't think so. Yeah. They fail to realize it's actually, they're stalking. It's Angela. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, and the thing is, is that I never really you know thought about that before but you know because because under light although uh uh anna and jennifer are both attractive they're you know anna's filipino like you can 
you know, yeah, yeah. they're not exactly doppelgangers in terms of like Unless skin tone and stuff. And Unless the you're blind as a bat. But like, the, the general characteristics, no, no, the petite. It. Yeah, the stature, no, the, the dark, the long dark yeah. hair, the yeah, Escalade, the glasses, dark, the timing, yes. you know, like everything. Yeah, I yes. get it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, all the pieces fit together. Yeah, it, and it's sense. like a conundrum of comedy. Actually. It just, it just. Thank you, Angela. We can yes, all a conundrum. Did you, did, Frank? Did you tell that to Mrs. Mirror? Were you like, no, 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 babe? It's like a conundrum of comedy. <laughs> <laughs> the only part I had to get across to her was that when she's like, "How can he not know that that's not Anna?" I'm like, "He's blind." Yeah. <laughs> He can't see for shit. <laughs> like, really? I mean, because it's like, you know, I'm like, babe, he's blind. There's no crazy fan waiting for me outside yeah. the studios. I don't even think, I mean, well, I guess they could look up Brent Pixels, but. Yeah. I don't know, can you? Yeah. Yeah, know, yeah, yeah. You, could, you could find us. Damn. I've had fans come knock on my door. You can find people. Yeah. 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 Well, that's another story for another day. <laughs> Yeah. No, so far everybody's been pleasant. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Okay. I've had a couple of people tattoos show up with me on them, but you know. Wow. Have you ever met the guy that has your face on his calf or whatever? I haven't that met one that is? guy. No. Yeah. But uh, I've uh, I've met a couple signatures. Yeah. Where people have my autograph tattooed on them. Uh-huh. Wow. Is it one that you signed? Well, like at uh, some point, did they have you sign it and then yeah, they inked well, it? One was a guy that had me come in. It was in Canada, and I signed his arm, and then uh-huh. he left, and then came back and had an artist yeah. ink it in. Wow. Mm-hmm. And then uh, one was a, a lady who had my face tattooed onto her. And I took a picture with her and stuff. Hmm. I was like, ah, that's commitment. I got it. Yeah. Did you guys discuss that decision at all? Or did you just pose for the photo? She already had it done. So I don't no, know. No, I'm not saying you were a talker out of it. But I mean, just maybe the thought process that went into that, you know, the what motivated it, you know. Like when the idea yeah. went off in her head. No, it, because it, it actually, you know, I mean, that's man, that's what that I would kind of makes that's me what uncomfortable. I'm there for. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. Hold on, don't run off so quickly, ma'am. I'd like to talk to you about your no, life. The choice. only one actually I felt bad no. about. This was years ago. Shit, this might have been. I think probably 2006, 2005. Mm-hmm. I mean, way early into uh, uh, my career. Yeah. But I already had the tattoo on my stomach that Jennifer and I share. Now, mm-hmm. if anybody sees the tattoo I have on my belly. What is that? It's just a phrase that I had came up with when her and I were dating and uh-huh. we wanted to get matching tattoos. Uh-huh. So what is it? What's the phrase? Two bodies, many minds, one spirit, right? Uh-huh. So it was two bodies, you know, the two of us, many minds. Because Jennifer- It's weird. It, when, whenever I've been that close to your abdomen, I'm trying frantically to get away from you. Yeah. So I've never had You're time to- You're not appreciating to- the no. view? Yeah. <laughs> no. So, uh, so the many minds is because, well, Jen, you know, she's into astrology. Uh-huh. We all have our downfalls in life. My what? Wife, Come my on. My wife believes that the planets somehow affect your personality. Yeah. I love her, but, you know. Come on, yes. You got to accept the good with the bad. Do you believe in that shit, man? No, I'm just saying it's a possibility. Dude. God, now like, you're Frank, just being a Frank. troll. Frank, God loves you. Bro. Angelo believes in it if there's like a free psychic reading involved. Or so, but but I, I like psychology. So yes. I do think that we have many traits, many personalities. Sure, we are an encompass of many parts of us. You know what I mean? And I think most humans can relate to that. People realize that there's many facets to who you are. I feel like we're a, a conglomerate of just different personalities and minds and, and all smashed into one being that makes mm-hmm. up our, our full psyche. So that's why I came up with the many minds. And then one spirit, you know, the whole soulmate thing, we're cut from the same cloth. So Jennifer actually has it on her lower back 
and then I have it on my stomach. Well, hers goes in the opposite direction mine goes, so that when we spoon, they actually connect and make oh, a circle. Oh, well, that's sweet. Yeah, Man, so there's a lot of thought to that one. Right? That's not that's, like those that's, uh, that's not like the tattoos when people just put, you know, only God can judge me. Like, right. <laughs> it's callbacks. Uh, I like that it. being said. You know what? No, I, let me give proper credit. Okay. That is very, very romantic. Yes, right? it is. Thank it you. is. It is. So, well uh, done. Uh, so... Yes. Out of all my tattoos, that's a very personal one with my, my yes. wife and I. Yes. So one time we're, uh, I think it was, uh, we were in Sacramento uh, and it was uh, WEC there. So mm. maybe it wasn't that, maybe it was 2008. Hmm. Trying, anyways, um, I'm walking up the stairs. Fans are taking pictures with me. I'm walking, you know, being, mm -hmm. you know, I, so this one guy goes, oh, I, I copied your tattoo. Now I'm thinking, one of the kanjis behind my arm, you mm -hmm. know. At the time, I didn't have many. I had my last name still on my, my right arm before mm -hmm. I got it covered. And so, uh, you know, I'm like, oh, oh, really? And so he lifts up his shirt, and he has oh. that tattoo mm -hmm. on his belly. So right off the bat, I'm a little uncomfortable. Yeah. Not that he's aware of it. Yeah, right. But he doesn't that, understand. He doesn't that. understand the meaning yeah. of the tattoo. So now that you guys know the meaning, you can yeah. see how that it's kind of awkward, right? Right. What to add to the awkwardness is that because he got it off of the cover of the magazine when I was on a, a Muscle and Fitness, mm -hmm. I'm turned to the side. You know, I, I'm yeah. not straight profile. You know, straight mm -hmm. on. I'm more mm -hmm. of like, it's like a, a quarter turn, like fighting stance. So you can only make out part of the tattoo. So when he showed up, the artist, the artist only pulled up. Even though there's three phrases, right? Yes. Two bodies, many minds, one spirit. Yeah. He only got the many minds, one spirit. Okay. Right? And then centered that. Oh. So okay. then as I'm looking, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll show you mine too. Yeah. So I lift up my shirt, and he's looking, and I'm looking at his, and now the realization mm -hmm. that he copied a tattoo and fucked it up. Yeah. And, and I felt bad for him. Like, I'm looking yeah. at him like, okay, I, I felt awkward at first that that's the tattoo you chose to copy, but now I just feel bad that right. you... You know what I mean? Like, but at least later on that night when you and that guy were spooning, <laughs> that they lined up. Uh, it would have right? to be like, and it worked out appropriately because if he and I spooned, it'd be like the. <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, if you guys at home that are this once is again, exactly, you got to YouTube. I'm putting my fingertips together. Yeah, like Chinese handcuffs. Yeah, this is exactly why if you're in Chicago, April 26th. April 26th. 8 p.m. Laugh, Laugh Factory. Factory. That's right. Yeah. Man. Well wow. done. Yeah. Well done. Good job. Yeah. So there's a guy out there with three, two quarters, two thirds of a tattoo that you've spooned with. That I spooned. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Fight talk time. All right. Here we go. We got, uh, first of all, uh, a couple of fights to preview this coming weekend. This, this Atlantic City card for the UFC kind of snuck up on me. You know, sometimes you have those weeks where a fight card will just sneak up on you. And uh, this uh, uh, next weekend was one of those nights. It's, uh, I believe, an FX1, FS1 card. Uh, main event rematch. Frankie Edgar and Cub Swanson. A rematch of their 2000... The main event says Kevin Lee and Barboza. Oh, let's. Uh, well, since I that it, that actually is the main event. Thank you, Angelo. Okay. Uh, go ahead and go to Frankie and Cub before we get into Barboza and Lee. 
Um, but, uh, yeah, this, I guess, is technically the co-main event. But uh, number three-ranked featherweight Frankie Edgar taking on number four-ranked featherweight Cub Swanson. The rematch of uh, when these two fought back in 2014 when uh, uh, Edgar submitted Swanson with a neck crank, I believe. So, um, first of all, cool that you're seeing them rematch. Two, great fight. And how about the fact that, you know, the better part of four years passes – and both these guys, that was like a, a an eliminator type fight back then. Yeah, they're number and three, number and four, and it right still now. is now. Yeah. You know, I mean, really, a credit to both of them for their longevity and and their tenacity and how long they've hung around. You know, what yeah. do you think, Frank? No, I agree with you. I think Cub is, uh, you know, what he's ever improving. You know, I mean, Cub Swanson still gets better uh, throughout the years. I mean, and Frankie Edgar's just always been phenomenal. Uh, I know in his last fight against Ortega, he got caught with a real hard elbow. But, I mean, look, dude, you fight enough, you're going to get caught. I mean, there's a few guys that, you know, out of the, you know, thousands of professional elite 1% guys in the world that are fighters, there's a few, that you know, like a DJ or a John Jones that don't mm -hmm. seem to ever get caught. But, I mean, the best fighters in the world, you fight long enough. I mean, Daniel Cormier is one of the, you know, the number two light heavyweight of all time, you know, and I've seen him get knocked out, you know. Uh, I watched Stipe Miocic get knocked out by Stefan Struve, and Stipe is now the one of the most recognizably, you know, dominant heavyweights the UFC's ever had. Some would say maybe the second greatest right. UFC heavyweight of all time. Thank you. <laughs> So, I mean, like, if it happens, you know what I mean? The, the part that's going to be interesting is that Edgar has never been put away like that before. Yeah. Uh, he survived wars. I remember watching his fights with uh, 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 Gray Maynard, you know, getting dropped in three. It was three or four times in that first round. Yeah, it was crazy. It was amazing. It come from behind. That yeah. he came back from crazy it. Crazy fight. It was one of the most phenomenal fights. I mean, still to this day when people go, hey, what, what most impressive fights you've ever seen? I'm all... I think it was the second one that they had. Yeah. It was the second Gray and, and uh, uh, Frankie fight was just unbelievable because, I mean, Gray at that time was the top of his game. Uh, and then, you know, uh, he had beaten Frankie in their first fight pretty soundly. And like, mm -hmm. I mean, it wasn't a, a, a one-sided ass whooping, but, you know, he beat Frankie their first fight, controlled him, out-wrestled him, took him down. And then in the second fight, it looked like he was going to, you know, Frankie wasn't going to make it out of the first round. Not mm -hmm. only did he make it out, but he survived and came back room. and knocked him out, I think, in the fourth. Yeah. Uh, first guy to ever knock out. I think Gray was undefeated at the, yeah. that time. Yeah, after it looked like he had just about knocked Frankie Edgar out. Yeah. The way he came back. So, I mean, around. so Edgar has been known yeah. as, you know, he's like a modern-day, real-life Rocky Balboa. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, he's that guy that just you can't, you know, he just, you know, can't put this guy away. He survives. He comes back. You know, uh, you know his losses against Jose Aldo – I think in the last fight, Jose looked pretty dominant against him. But in their first fight, I actually thought you know he won. Well, the uh, second fight was pretty close too. Yeah, right? the second fight was really close. But I think the first fight he actually won it. You know, I thought that he outworked Jose from mm -hmm. rounds three, four, and five. Uh, and then um, you know his fight with Benson Henderson were very close. You know, uh, so uh, Edgar's never been put away by anybody. I don't think anybody or Ortega. I mean, this most recent. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the, my point being is that you know, out of all his losses, yeah. no one could say they whooped his ass. Right. Ortega, you know, knocked him out. Yeah. You know, and that's the first time that Frankie, after such an illustrious career, has had to deal with this. So I'm curious how he bounces back. I mean, there's a lot to that. You know, you got to think that there, he has that confidence in the back of his mind. I, I have it in certain areas. I go into fights knowing that there's no way you're going to submit me. Mm -hmm. 
now look, could it happen? Yeah, I mean, shit, you know, I watched Josh Barnett get choked out by Ben Rothwell. I never thought that would ever <laughs> happen. True. You know what I mean? Like, that's true. I didn't think that okay. was possible. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's true. So it can happen, but there's still kind of a, there's a confidence I have where I'm like, well, we go here, that ain't happening. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. So you got to think Frank Yeager kind of has that air about him where it's like, well, no matter how bad it gets, you know, I'm still fighting until the closing bell. I'm coming after you. Mm-hmm. You can't put me away. No one ever submitted him. No one ever, uh, uh, you know, knocked him out before. Mm-hmm. And now he got knocked out. So you got to wonder, is he questioning himself? Does it question his chin? Does he wonder like, well, you know, have all those shots caught up to me? Am I now susceptible to being knocked out? Whereas before I could recover. And so that's why I think it's a very pivotal fight for Edgar and how his confidence is. Because, I mean, You've seen it before in fighters in the past. Uh, most notably was George St. Pierre. If you watch, George used to have some pretty sick stand-up. Uh, his kicking, he had that Shotokan or Kyokin. Or, uh, uh, yeah, Shotokan karate. Background, right? Yeah. And, you know, his fight with Matt Hughes, the second fight, you know, threw all kinds of kicks, that left kick mm-hmm. to the head, you mm-hmm. know, really showcased his stand-up abilities. And then he fought Matt Sarah. And if you watch every fight, Matt Hughes or you know George had after the Matt Sarah fight his stand up is very tentative he's very nervous almost it's like he until, until he started training with Freddie and started understanding the jab a little bit yeah better yeah. but still it he was changed. more careful he was more careful right and yeah. you know his approach his yeah. approach he realized oh uh, damn i'm not invincible if mm-hmm. you catch me with yes. a good shot i could go down and then you know obviously Freddie showed him how to use the jab, but that open kicking style and much more open stand-up style yes. that he had, yeah. he never got back to it. Yeah, mm-hmm. he like completely dumped it. And yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you never see him do that anymore. Yeah. You know, I mean, did his hands get better with? Uh, yeah, his jab, his left yeah. hook, yeah. got better. But even his right hand, he doesn't sit no, down in the pocket it, and throw it. He's worried about. He's worried it. about return fire, mm-hmm. and so that was a pivotal point in a fighter's career when they take a shot like that. You, in one sense, a fighter has to be able to learn from his mistakes, but you also have to have a short memory. You have to no. sit there and go, okay, I, I get it. That could happen, but here's the reality of it. That hey, you always got could a short happened. memory. Yeah. That's yeah. good. Yeah, that always could have happened. Yeah. yeah, You could have been knocked out your very first fight. Luckily, you just, because of your skills yeah. Yeah. and the guys that you fought, you didn't get caught, but that was always a possibility. Even though you didn't think it was a possibility and you fought with confidence that it wasn't a possibility, mm-hmm. it always existed. But then fighters, they get in their own head. They sit there and go, oh, shit, I don't want that to happen again. So then they completely change their fighting style and it can screw them. It can change them, especially somebody like Edgar. He can't fight calculated in a slow-paced sniper right. shot. Mm-hmm. He's got a shorter reach than pretty much everybody he's going to face. He's a smaller guy, even at... Uh, featherweight, featherweight. Yeah. He's, mm-hmm. he's not a big featherweight yeah, he's a small featherweight. right so he has to fight with a lot of motion a lot of activity and a lot of uh, 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 volume mm-hmm. well guess what all that volume means you're gonna get hit mm-hmm. you know he's not fighting Machida style where you know Machida in his golden age I'm gonna move around Powers. move around move around move around move around you're never gonna hit me but I'm only gonna land two shots around well, yeah. okay well Edgar you can't do that so if Edgar becomes tentative and this affects him, it could really be the, a, a tailspin for his career. Well, and it's a, great, it's a great test for that because it's a prior opponent. 
Right. It's one that he has faced and one that he has beaten. Right. And By submission. Right. And it's one that, you know, they're both still sitting there three and four top contenders just like they were back then. So everything is mirrored. So if you want to see how you stack up now compared right. to where – I mean, it's 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 really – it's an opportunity to kind of revisit history. Well, can I just add this, too? Because yeah. you were talking about the whole Frankie Edgar tentative. I wonder if he's wondering – I'm wondering if Cub Swanson's wondering it too because he got submitted by the same opponent, mm-hmm. T-City. Brian Ortega submitted him. Yeah. Yeah. And the last time he lost to Frankie Edgar was by submission. Yeah. So is Swanson kind of like, I don't know, Boy, man. Boy, how great is that for Brian Ortega? I mean, what does he have in common with these two? He's beating both of them. One you know? Was, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Finished. Hey, uh, here's a boxing question for you, Angelo. Okay. Do you think Cub Swanson looks like Johnny Tapia? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Isn't that crazy? Yes. I yeah. asked him that once, and he said that he had been uh, that a few people had mentioned that to him before because different kind of physiques because Tappy was real stocky and short and thick. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. But as far as from the neck up, but but yeah. here's the thing: lighter weight class fighters, yes, yes. both you know known for their tenacity yes. and grit and everything, heavily tatted, heavily tatted. Uh, both from Albuquerque. Both from Albuquerque. It's weird. They kind of so have Swanson some. Yeah, is the La Vida Loca of uh, exactly? Of well, without the. Dark issues. Well, yeah, yeah. Oh, we don't know, right? I'm pretty sure that if Cub had any of the issues, even half okay. that uh, yeah. I don't Johnny know. had, <laughs> we would all be aware of it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but Tappy. I mean, obviously. I mean, yeah. There's a book prolific <laughs> drug problem. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Suicidal and yes. you know. I mean, great documentary about him too. Yeah. I don't oh, really? know if it's this on Netflix is. or not. Yeah, yeah it I'd was. I like to watch that guy. Yeah. Had, I mean, I only casually know a little bit of his history because yeah. of. of you know, he made news for a lot more than just his fighting. Yeah. I'd be interested to see about it. Because, I mean, he tried committing suicide multiple occasions, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. then one time, wasn't he pronounced dead? Yes. Yeah. He had actually, like, been dead for a minute or two. And, he, yeah, he had real, like, real depression problems. And he was a, he, he seemed like a real sweet guy, too, because I actually, I was uh, uh, friends with Polly Ayala that fought him twice. Oh, okay. And uh, uh, Texas Pauly's, guy. Yeah, Polly's from Fort Worth, where I'm from. And so it was around that time, and he had a couple of fights with, uh, you know, hotly contested fights with with mm-hmm. Tapia, and uh, but he seemed like a, you know, seemed like a nice guy. I mean, I know he had like kind of a horrible past that he had come from because like his his mom was murdered when he was really young, and he had he had dealt with drug problems and stuff like that, and then fighting kind of saved him. But then, as I recall, I think after fighting, he had dealt with some of those issues too. Although, according to his wife. Uh, when he died, it was of natural causes, but it may have been one of those things where you just build up so much damage on your right. body that you know one well, man's I, natural causes. Well, I thought or, he d- wasn't it two months though after a fight that he passed away finally. That he had fought a couple of months prior, maybe. I thought that. I thought. I mean, he's well, another I, guy I was, that fought late I, into his I life. I wanted to end the uh, the yeah. Tapia subject with a uh-huh. with a funny positive story. Uh-huh. Um, so Freddie Roach obviously uh, trained. Uh, Johnny Tap yeah, okay. to win a world title. So Freddie was telling me the story. Um, I, I'm not remembering the fight now, but it was a big deal fight. And Johnny, for whatever reason, was kind of sleepy during yeah. the fight. So Freddie, like... Terrible I, time to get sleepy. Well, you know, he just wasn't fighting the way he, Freddie yeah. knew he could. Now, you know this, Frank. <laughs> like, like, you know, like... There's a certain rhythm between coach and fighter where you just know each other. Like, no one else really knows what's going on, but you know the rhythm, right? And um, Freddie had this with Johnny, so... I think it's like right past the halfway point, he slaps Johnny Tapia. Mm-hmm. And he's like, wake the F up. Mm. You know, you need to get going. Johnny goes on to win the fight. 
So then in the locker room. Gave him the old uh, Emmanuel Stewart salute to Lennox Lewis. Yes, that's right. Knock yeah. this motherfucker yeah. out. And that was on uh, the Lennox Lewis Mike that's Tyson right. fight. Very yeah. good. Very good, my boxing colleague. Yes. Quit fucking around. <laughs> so, uh, so in the locker room, Freddie Roach is waiting for Johnny. Johnny just scores this big win. He's walking in. And and Fred and he looks happy. So Freddie's like, "All right, this is gonna be awesome." So then he thought Johnny was gonna come to hug him because mm-hmm. it was a big win, right? Mm-hmm. And then Johnny walks right up to Freddie and slaps him, whack, super hard. Then he smiles and goes, "That was for earlier, Coach." <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? He was he was probably happy to take it on a win, yeah, right? Of course, yeah. Of course. All right, very good. I wonder which fight it was. I'm trying to look at. Yeah, I'm gonna have to now. I'm gonna have to ask Freddie. Like, hey, which fight was that? What year do you think it was? I was thinking it might have been the Polly Ayala fight in Albuquerque, but mm. it was a big fight. It was well, a big... Tapia lost both those fights. Oh, okay, no. Because it, it had to be, be one and one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, uh, let's take a look at the co-main event there, Mikey. Edson Barbosa and Kevin Lee, another uh, top 10 contenders fight. Uh, this one uh, over in the lightweight division, you got uh, number four ranked Barbosa coming off of that uh, loss to uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov back uh, on New Year's. Well, it was December thirtieth, yeah. and then uh, number seven ranked Kevin Lee, who is coming off of a loss to Tony Ferguson. Uh, these two matching up now. You've got uh, two guys with striking skills, but only one guy who's got uh, a wrestling pedigree, that being Kevin Lee. My thought, Frank, is that that wrestling pedigree may come in handy in this fight if uh, Edson Barbosa is kicking at you. I agree. I think that, I mean, Edson's going to throw kicks. Uh, he's never shown hesitation to do so. You know, I think that's one of the advantages that he has such versatile and quick legs, um, but he doesn't hesitate to throw them. Um where some other guys seem to get gun shy. It's like, well, I mean, if you don't throw the kick and you still get taken down anyways, what the hell was it worth? But I feel like Kevin is just a well-rounded fighter. Uh, we've seen that he's very good on the ground with the wrestling, you know, uh, and good striker. So I think that that kind of nullifies out the stand-up portion. Whereas, you know, I'd still probably give a slight edge because of the range to Barbosa. But I feel eventually he's going to catch him and drag him down. And I think that, you know, just whenever I see a guy who's a specialist versus the guy who's the jack of all trades, you know, me personally, I kind of always tend to lean towards the jack of all trades. Yeah. Uh, We'll see. Yeah. And then this is the only reason why I'm saying we'll see. I'm doing my Chappelle. We'll see, Frank. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because Barboza losing to Khabib. Come on, guys. It's Khabib. Yeah. And, you know, like that one, I'm like, well, do you think Kevin Lee would have done well against Khabib? No. No, so, I don't either. Th- so that's my whole yeah, thing. Yeah, but I'm not even using that as the now, now here's uh, common that. denominator. Yeah. So my common denominator on, and I, and I would, I'm actually, I, I would lean towards Kevin Lee being the favorite because he's younger, like you said, you know, strong, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. I, the common thing I look at is the Tony Ferguson fight. Mm-hmm. And Barboza was actually beating Tony Ferguson up until the illegal upkick which kind of rocked Barboza's head, which eventually led to a finish. Versus Tony Ferguson's striking kind of bothered Kevin Lee a little bit, and then it eventually ended up in a submission. So I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I know they I also think, uh, though, that Ferguson's striking really evolved compared to when he first started. But does he hit as hard as Barboza? Uh, no, but he throws longer, straighter punches. Okay. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, going back and, to... And, and remember the last time we watched the Barboza fight at your house, 
it was during the Holly Holmes Shevchenko. Remember how he kicked the shit out of uh, Gilbert Melendez's leg? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So totally. I'm, j- I'm just saying. Oh, if it if it's on the feet, it's anybody's game. I mean, this is a war. And I'm I'll, saying and I'll that, slide more towards yeah. Barbosa if he doesn't yeah. go down. Yeah, I just think that if it does hit the ground, I Kevin's going to be yeah. able to hold him down, and is is a pretty good submission game. I agree. I Fair mean, enough. I'm also a little biased. Kevin that's trains a, over there with Drysdale. Yeah, yeah I agree. that's a good uh, a good weekend double feature uh, that the UFC has coming at you from Atlantic City this weekend. Uh, before we talk about a couple things that happened this uh, past weekend. Uh, fight wise, I want to give a quick shout out to uh, Jessica Rose Clark, oh, yeah. uh, Jesse Jess, who was our uh, guest on our last episode. That was a very fun episode, Richard. Thank you, Angelo. Uh, that is the prevailing opinion among the masses. That show met with rave reviews. People have loved it, and they're talking about it on our social media. And I'm just, I, I it's not often that I've sort of call back to previous shows uh, specifically for a plug, but I'm just telling you, if you're uh, listening to this episode and for whatever reason you missed uh, the last episode, which was uh, number 188, do yourself a favor, go back and listen. That was an hour of a lot of laughs packed into one show. That yeah. was, uh, she was a great yeah, it was guest. Great. Oh, they had her back on, huh? Oh, yeah, and we will have her back on for sure. We're going to do it. She wants to come back on, and and it's also like people are demand like everybody's saying, you know, when can you get her back on? Hurry up, you know that was awesome. No, she Let's was do fun. It again. She fit right in with all. The she guys, did. Though. She could flow with whatever wherever we were going. She uh, somebody tweeted. I should have pulled this up, but uh, somebody had a great way of breaking it down. They go, uh, uh, you know, at Miss Jesse Jess on phone booth fighting. Uh, show starts with. Um, uh, technical talk about camera work in porn episode ends with Frank pulling a gun on Jessica. That's true. Perfect. That's true. <laughs> and she liked it. So yeah. I knew on uh, Twitter she hit like. So I knew she had a good time. Okay. Uh, this past weekend, some interesting fights. Let's flip over to Bellator, uh, your uh, promotional home, Frank. Um, uh Let's pull up the uh, Chandler Gertz fight. Okay, now this was uh, supposed to be, of course, uh, uh, Bellator's former lightweight champion Michael Chandler uh, was supposed to be fighting Brent Primus, who is the champion. Fight right uh, for a title shot. Primus got hurt, and if you remember the way that that Primus beat Chandler, Chandler had the weird ankle, ankle injury, injury yeah. in the middle of the fight, and so yeah. Now this is uh, Brandon Gertz and Michael Chandler. Gertz took this fight on short notice. Chandler gets into his hips, is able to take him down. He separates his shoulder shoulder? on that top right there, is able to take, put himself in position for a head and arm choke. He puts him unconscious. That's a guy that does not give up in Brandon Gertz. Chandler records his Bellator MMA record. And Gertz actually moved the the way that when he set up that head and arm choke they were actually against the cage and Gertz actually moved a little bit away from the cage reflexively which allowed Chandler to jump on the other side of it but realizing that he separated his shoulder I don't think there was any thought to anything it was just like he was probably in incredible pain but uh yep so Chandler's back on the winning side of that and that sets up uh, I want to see him rematch the kid because well that's coming yeah yeah, because uh I mean, you know, he got the win. Yeah. But the only thing that kind of bothered me, I think we talked about this a little bit afterwards. Uh, what's the kid's name? Premise again? Yeah, Brent, Brent Premise. Yeah. Was that even at the post-fight conference, when he had time to watch the video and see that, okay, 
you know, he put his foot down funny and that's what dislocated or did whatever injury that Chandler had. But Primus was kind of like, unless he's changed his tune, seemed like he was taking credit. Like, well, that was because I threw a kick and, mm-hmm. and I did the damage. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, fighting's crazy and, you know, and an injury occurred and you benefited from it, you know, but, but you know, it, I don't know. I, I would have sat there. If I win a fight because my opponent gets injured during the fight, and it's not directly because I blasted him in the ribs or I pulled his arm off with a submission and he didn't tap, but it broke his arm. Or it's something that I'm like, okay, I did that. Mm-hmm. But if it's like, oh, he, you know, he threw a punch, you ducked, and it hit you in the, the forehead and it broke his hand. I'm not really going to be ecstatic about that win. It's like, hey, it's fighting. I got the win. If it was flip and, and you got the win, you'd take it. You're going to, you know, you get your fight bonus, your win bonus, but you're not going to see me, you know, jumping the cage, beating my chest like I'm King Kong. It's like, but he just won the world title. I know, but, you know, is this any different really than Chris Weidman riding off into the world title sunset? When really all that happened was Anderson Silva broke his leg because he was throwing so fast. But, I mean, if you talk to Chris, I don't think he was as happy with the second one as he was the first. So then why not a rematch? To have a third one? Yeah. Well, I think that was actually more on Anderson. He was yeah. out for over a year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. He broke his tibia. Yeah. Oh, okay. But, I mean, if you talk to I, I hung out with Chris for uh, 10 days. I mean, okay. and, 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 he would want a rematch. No, yeah, he would have let him completely. In fact, he was happy that the first time he knocked him out mm. – the second time, he wanted to be able to vindicate that, hey, it wasn't mm-hmm. luck. Right. He wasn't happy. He, he himself yeah. was like, and it's I'm also, not happy that I and, broke his leg like that. And, it, and if the freak accident comes in the second one, that's easier because if the first one was a clean win, you've already got that. I mean, you've yeah. already shown that. So, But, I mean, yeah. even in that situation, Weidman wasn't happy. Yeah, yeah, He right, much right. would have preferred to right. beat Anderson's mm-hmm. ass and say, okay, I, I, I beat you. Yeah. And even though, you know, you know, he blocked with the shin and it broke it. It's like, well, you know, you threw the block. He doesn't really, I mean, when I spoke to him, I don't know if he does interviews differently, but it wasn't like he was beating his chest over it. He's like, eh, kind of sucks. I would rather have mm-hmm. beat him, you know, uh, convincingly and not have it end on an injury. And so that's one thing kind of like yeah. why I want to see the rematch. It's, it's a fine line. See, what I look for in those situations is I look for the guy who benefited from the injury to first of all say, oh, yeah, we should do that again, mm. you know. Uh, and like you said, Frank, not overly celebrate. Now, I, I will say this, though. I think any time you get a victory, you deserve to be recognized for getting yes. a victory. I 100% just agree because we're both getting in. It's like the conversation mm-hmm. we were having with Jesse about uh, when Paige Van Zant broke her arm in their fight. Yeah. Well, it, it's not like she – like the way I put it, it's not like she tripped and – fell on the way the cage and yeah, broke Jesse her arm. I understand it happened in the uh uh well she she broke it on her Jesse's forehead. forehead. Oh yeah, that's what it was. But, Spinning uh, back knuckle. But back knuckle. that yeah. you're in the cage and yeah. people are swinging at each other and kicking and something no, no, happened. No. So it, that does deserve great, credit. But, I mean, there was just you're right. There's a fine line. Yeah. Like I mean, you don't have to sit there and go, "Well, I'm not I'm upset with it." It's yeah. like, "Well, no, I mean, I won the fight. We're in here competitively and I got the win." But you're right. There has to be that, like, we'll, we'll rematch immediately. I know that this is not the way I wanted to win. Right, right. It was like, I remember, I mean, this is going back years. It was the second time that uh, Vitor Belford fought Randy Couture. Mm-hmm. And it was for the light heavyweight championship of the world, and Vitor won. Okay. But he won because when he threw a punch, 
Randy slipped it. Okay. And when he slipped, it brushed across Randy's face, sliced his fucking eyeball. Mm. Right? So all of a sudden, Randy closes his eye. They clinch against the cage. Referee can see that there's an issue going on, so they take a break, have the doctor come in. The doctor looks at it, opens up, and goes, holy shit, your eyeball sliced. Mm. Somehow freak accident with the way the glove was stitched Mm -hmm. somehow the side of the glove cut randy's eyeball well all of a sudden you know vitor's the winner but you can see the look on vitor's face he even says hey this isn't the way i wanted to win of course i'll give a rematch Mm -hmm. like he wasn't you know i got it it's like no this kind of was lame you know what i mean yeah what a letdown like hey I'm going to take the belt. I'm the champ. I get it. But, you know, let's fight again and really solidify that I'm the better fighter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. hear it. Yep. Um, all right. Let's uh, turn our attention now to uh, what happened over in uh, the UFC this weekend on Big Fox. Uh, Dustin Poirier and Justin Gagey live up to expectations. Uh, the Diamond finishes Gagey in the fourth round of uh, a war. That's pretty cool. We got a little uh, little highlights here. Has Gagey ever not been in a war? Uh, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Now he uh, uh, Gagey was uh, real successful with the kicks uh, on Poirier earlier. Uh, a real back and forth fight. Poirier uh, hurts Gagey in the fourth. He's on wobbly legs and uh, finishes him. You know this was brought up on the commentary, Frank. The thing it's funny because when we sat down, uh, Mikey and I started putting the show together. Mikey said uh, he they had watched the fight. Uh, he and his girl this weekend, he goes, you know, I didn't know Gagey was a wrestler. And I'm like, neither did Gagey. <laughs> he, he's kind of, he's he's so into brawling and he's yeah. he's, he's so into like that war that he uh, doesn't shoot. I didn't know he was a wrestler yeah. either. No, yeah. he's, he's an amazing wrestler. Yeah, but yeah. the thing is. Is he really? The thing is. I thought he was that, a tie boxer, like pure kickboxer. Yeah, yeah he doesn't. You know, when uh, he was winning in the PFL or what they call the PFL now, the. We talk about uh, World Series of Fighting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, he was destroying people with wrestling and stuff. Yeah, but he no uh, kidding. Yeah. I've always thought because you see him beat the hell out of people's well, legs. He's had yeah, and he yeah. does that too. He beat the the shit out of Dustin yeah. Poirier. He's had plenty of, of brawls, and that's what's made him such a fan favorite. I mean, he's already in the UFC between uh, this and the Michael Johnson yeah, fight. That was crazy. Somebody said, I, and I sh- then the, uh, didn't they Eddie Alvarez, Alvarez fight? The Eddie Alvarez fight. Was the crazy. Eddie Alvarez. Yeah, he lost that one, but that yeah. was a great fight. I wanted somebody might have been John Morgan. Had a great line. He said, I think every year we should have the uh, the contenders for the non-Justin Gagey fight of the year. Like, that should just, you know, yeah. you exclude him out of the uh, category. Because, like I said, a fight like this, even when he loses, it is, uh, it's incredible. So, well done uh, on the part of uh, Dustin Poirier. Very tough fight You were there. talking about the kicks. Just, I just wanted to say. So, that was, like Richard said, it was ebb and flow back and forth. So the reason why he was going for that low uh, leg kick is because he's been smashing Dustin Poirier's legs that whole time, and Poirier timed it right. So big credit to Poirier for sticking in there. Oh, straight left hand. Yep. Co-main event, uh, Carlos Condit. Watch out, natural, Fedor. The natural-born killer was supposed to be fighting Matt Brown. Matt Brown got hurt. So uh, uh, Cowboy Oliveira, the Brazilian cowboy, stepped in on short notice and actually submitted Condit. Uh, Condit was 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 holding up all right. Go to we pulled up his Instagram page. I just wanted to show this picture that Carlos Condit posted of himself here and the caption is what's really interesting. He uh, he says uh, uh, wait, go back to he says here's his caption. Post chokeout, 
where the fuck am I? What the fuck happened? Feeling kind of warm and fuzzy. Hope I didn't just piss my shorts on live TV. Thousand yard stare. I've posted plenty of pictures looking like a badass, triumphant and powerful. But here's the flip side, crumpled and weak in defeat. Rough day at the office. Fuck it, though. I had fun. I trained my ass off, and I came to fight. This is what leaving it all out there looked like on Saturday. Much respect to my opponent and his team. Thank you for taking the fight on short notice. Congratulations, and best of luck in the future. I don't know what's next, guys. I still love the game, and most days I still feel that fire. I absolutely love what I do, but maybe my time has passed. I don't know the answer. This is what I know. This is my passion. I will never stop training, and if that leads me back to the octagon, you know I'll try to make it bloody for you. Yeah. Do you know Carlos well? Or no? Uh, I've hung out with him on many occasions, especially in Albuquerque. I mean, I've eaten dinner with him and stuff. Uh, but uh, he's a pretty quiet guy, you know, okay. well thought out and very uh, introspective. I think actually somebody yeah. that um, uh, has a very good mind for the sport. Yeah. You know, I've, I've heard him talk and, uh, you know, sat there and, and listened to his opinions on things and very well thought out, very in- good intellectual. I, uh, but um, I don't know if uh, if broadcasting will ever be in his future, even though he's a good-looking guy who's very intelligent has the credentials. Um, he's not very uh, much of an extrovert. You know what I mean? Like okay. he That gets, charisma. Yeah, he can sit at a table. Camera charisma. Yeah, yeah, and very much be okay with not saying anything mm-hmm. and, and until you start talking to him. He's definitely not the, uh, you know, if he walks into a room, he's not going to, you know, demand people's attention, mm-hmm. you know. And so, but yeah, um, he's the kind of guy you want to just sit and have a con. Like I've always really enjoyed interviewing him. He gives he gives like really introspective yeah. interviews. Yeah, he's a very deep guy. Yeah, honestly. you yeah. know, very a very deep thinker. He come that he comes from a family of. Uh, I don't know if this is a lot of people know this, but uh, I have a uh, interesting family connection here because uh, Carlos Condit's dad was the chief of staff to Bill Richardson when he was governor of New Mexico, and my aunt worked with Bill Richardson when Bill Richardson was in New Mexico and then later Secretary of Energy. So I've actually asked her about, she doesn't follow MMA at all, but she knows I work in it. And I told her about this guy. She's like, I remember little Carlos, you know, like she remembered him when his dad would bring him around the office and everything. So he comes from not a, you know, fighting background, but like a political, yeah, political background, cerebral background. Like the Albuquerque mayor or something. Yeah, Maybe he could go in that type of world. I'm curious. I mean, I think he'd make a great coach. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, you know, uh, I could see that. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I think there's many things open for him. I yeah. mean, uh, obviously running a gym, you know, is that yeah. kind of guy. Uh, so he's somebody that, you know, I think can still stay in the martial arts world. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, is he going to go uh, a Brian Stan direction or, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. Well, we, uh, yeah, good, good. Uh, I, I like that caption. I just wanted to read that because I thought that that's a pretty cool way to present that, yeah. you know, because it's, 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 uh, it's humble, but it's also pretty enlightening. I mean, it's kind of really pulls back the curtain on here's all the things that go through your mind, mm-hmm. you know, when you get choked out and you come to. Um, all right. We, we had a lot of stuff we we're going to get to tonight. Now, uh, some of this stuff we're going to have to save for our next episode, just in the interest of time. But one thing we're definitely not going to save is Angelo Reyes's boxing segment, Prepare to Get Reyesed. Uh, with uh, some boxing talk. And I'll, I'll try to make it short. That should be your catchphrase. If okay. we had a sitcom 
if we all start on a sitcom. Oh, you wrote and, this out? Yeah. Oh, I'm thinking this are your notes. I'm yeah. reading it. I'm going, why are you asking for a phone booth fighting <laughs> Yeah, he put it in the email. Because every time I've been on the show, Richard always goes, oh, I got that phone booth fighting t-shirt for you. And then now I rip him about it and I'm like. Dude, I still don't have my phone booth fighting T-shirt, and I wear the two that I have. I thought you, I wear it I, all the time. I apologize. I thought you had them all. We need to get you the Ouija board yep, shirt, the black and the gray, and then you need the gray cartoon logo shirt. Yeah, right? You don't have a black. To collect them all. Oh, you don't. You need I a black. Yes, I need a black and a gray. Okay, so so black and a gray and in the Ouija the, board and the Ouija board. Okay. Now, I, now I, I would have that. a five days a week. Yes, you would. All right, yeah. we have a black version of the. Yeah, you don't even have it. I don't even but know. It, we got, yeah, oh, you know what? Though, Hang dude. on. I'm glad you brought that up, Frank. We do have a black version of the logo shirt, but it was a limited run. We only had a large in XL. We oh, didn't go shit. to XL. But that would, that would fit you. What right we'll now. do is, I can't worry. We'll give you the XL if you get to 205. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. I'll go with that deal. I'll go. Okay. But I'll go with that deal. Okay, so I have time. Anna, what's he weighing right now? I don't know. Above 205. (laughs) All right. So, but um, then this would be leading up to the chael fight. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm down with that. I'm down with that. Both of you in camp until they put you in the grave. If you make 205, you get the black shirt with the logo on. Okay. I can make it happen for the chael fight. You know what? That's. that's, I'm not even putting a time limit. You know me, dude. I'm easy. Okay. Mm You know, uh, uh, that's a that's a good deal, uh, Angelo and Frank's. You know, he's he's prone to do these things. I don't know if you heard this, but uh, when I get my purple belt, he's going to give me Cage's car. Did what? you know about this? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. It? If I beat what? him, if I, I, I got to get. So I think you I gotta get a purple get it belt. Yeah. Well, you got to roll with Bella for that. You beat yeah. Bella, you get the belt. <laughs> Can you imagine Cage taking Bella aside. He's like, listen, that's my car. <laughs> If he taps, if he taps, don't let go. (laughs) Dad's serious about this. You're like, I want him unconscious. (laughs) Screw points. (laughs) All right, Angelo, talk to us about some boxing. What is happening? And talk to me like uh, I don't know about boxing. Even though Richard Hunter. Even though I do. You know a ton about boxing. So um, recently, and I don't know if you guys knew this or not, but the Hard Rock. Yeah. yeah, which is now going to be soon. Uh, Richard, Virgin, yeah, Virgin, Richard mm-hmm. Hard Rock Casino here. here in Las Vegas. So Mayweather did this show. Start over. T- What's happening with the? Oh, uh, the Hard Branson. Rock Casino has sold to uh, Richard Branson. Oh, really? Yeah, and they're going to rebrand it the Virgin Casino. I think it happens sometime next year or something. Oh, yeah. 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 Anyway, I mean, hey, his airlines is awesome. So yeah. I, mean, yeah, I I'm not happy about the Hard Rock changing though. It's my favorite yeah. casino. The joint's well, a great venue too. Yeah, joint's it is. A good it is. Venue. Well, for, yeah. 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 So Showtime was there. That's your favorite casino? Yeah. Why? I love just I love all the rock memorabilia. Oh yeah. What the, am I thinking? Yeah. Why would I even ask that? The walk around, look at all the stuff. Terrible question. Jay. Yeah. No. I was. Uh, that's one of those things I do. I spoke before my brain was actually turned on. That's actually probably the thing that endears people to me, though. That's true. That's true. So um, uh, just two weekends ago, yeah. Uh, not since Tito Trinidad, I believe, have we had a unified 154-pound champion. That would be junior middleweight. And uh, Damn, not since Tito Trinidad. It's been a while. That was that whole tournament, right? That no, they that, had... that was the 160 tournament. So then he, he, he was the 
the lineal champion. Yeah. And then he moved up to 160, and then they did the the four. Yeah, yeah, that's um, what I was thinking. So, with Hopkins. And um, yeah, all with that. Hopkins. Yeah, go um, ahead. But see how good your knowledge is, Richard? That's good. I remember that. Yeah, so um, so this one was a big fight, so I just want to brush on it because it was mm-hmm. in Vegas. Uh, Erislandi Laura mm-hmm. fought a hell of a fight against Jarrett Hurd, who's uh, undefeated, Frank, 154. And um, I don't want to say it's controversial because Gerald Hurd scored a knockdown in the 12th round, mm-hmm. and that was the difference on him winning a majority decision. Had he not scored that knockdown, it would have been a draw. Mm. So that's how close this division is. Now, the reason why I bring this up is because that division has one of the Charlo twins. Mm-hmm. And those are some bad twins, man. Those guys can fight. Mm-hmm. So uh, Jermel Charlo is about to fight for the W, uh, defend his WBC. Um, and if he beats Austin Trout, now you'll have a unification of WBA, IBF. WBC coming up at 154. So Boy, that's it is happening. a season of potential unifications. Yes, this is this is the season of unifications. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so that happened, and then this weekend, Frank, uh, Saturday night, mm-hmm. big Showtime card again. So it's the return of Adrian Broner versus Vegas's own Jesse Vargas. Mm-hmm. No titles, just main event. You know, move, uh, doing the weight class up. Um, and now Adrian then- Broner. Is a guy who uh, was he's he's uh, I don't know if he still is, but he's been promoted by Mayweather, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yes. And uh, what I always think of when I think of Adrian Broner is that you know Frank he does not invest in a backpack specialist. Instead, he he appropriates that money towards someone whose job it is to brush his hair. <laughs> you know. Well, you know the recent thing with him now is he's got that beef with the rapper. No. I sent it to you. Well, yeah, but I didn't understand it because I don't know who all those people are. <laughs> okay, so this rapper... I always have uh, to this, ask my this, girlfriend about who is this, yeah. who is young... Young, 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 young Takashi. <laughs> Who is that? So it's this rapper was basically betting something like two hundred grand or three hundred grand against Broner because he's got some rap beef with him. I don't know, but he's okay. throwing it in the camera, and you know. So I, I thought you were going to pull it up. Uh, I, you didn't research yeah. it, so maybe for next time. Yeah. But it was interesting to me that a man who has a quarter of a million dollars in his room yeah. did not have any furniture in the room. <laughs> so yeah. I just don't understand. Like, yeah, that's because Renaissance <laughs> already come and got it all. So, Trust me, but, that quarter of a million ain't going to be in there very long either. So the uh, the fun thing with the Broner uh, fight is, so Broner's training uh, on the same training camp as Gervonta Davis. Gervonta Davis is the big uh, rising star of Floyd Mayweather. Yes. Um, and uh, they're both training with the same coach, Kevin Cunningham, who used to uh, coach Corey Spinks. Mm-hmm. Uh, he coached him to a world championship. Um, so this is kind of like Broner is supposed to be a good guy, Frank. This is the, don't think of Broner as an undisciplined oh. person. This is supposed to be Broner. I am disciplined. I'm coming to beat Vargas. So Adrian Broner's turned babyface here. He's supposed to be. Okay. I don't know. Because okay. Jesse Vargas, as you know, is quite good. Mm. Uh, Actually, I've had Vargas before. I think when I did the Latin Awards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, right? yes. We were that's there. With, that's where I first met him. Yeah, he's a very good uh, boxer. He, yeah, you know, he lost to Manny Pacquiao, mm-hmm. but um, he trains out of the Mayweather gym. And um, if you're thinking favorites, definitely I would I would side on Jesse Vargas, not no. just because he's a Vegas guy, but he is actually quite good. So he's Vargas like, is training out of Mayweather's gym now. Have Broner and Mayweather split? Um, it's not that they're okay. So they're all under the same umbrella. Okay. So it's like if you can imagine Al Heyman and Mayweather. It's kind of like the UFC, right? Like okay. they're not split because Kevin, ha- Kevin Cunningham's a cool, 
cool with everybody. It's just yeah. instead of doing the training camp like in Vegas for Broner, mm-hmm. he decided to do it because even Javante Davis isn't here at Mayweather's training. He's training over there. Okay. You know, uh, with Kevin Cunningham. Right. So then that's the fight. And then the other one is, so the other twin, mm-hmm. which is Jermall Charlo, mm-hmm. he's moving up in weight to fight for the WBC 160-pound uh, mm-hmm. uh, championship. So mm-hmm. it's kind of a fun card. And then actually, Frank, so uh, ties back into us, that was the card that Anna would have fought Heather Hardy in. Oh, that's right. So, Did I see she was... Uh, she's is, fighting. She's still on the card. Yeah, right? she's okay. still on the uh, card. She's fighting a very good opponent. Mm-hmm. Uh, from uh, Mexico. So that's a fun thing happening uh, this Saturday. And here's how big boxing is, mm-hmm. sir. Even in Belfast, they have a title fight. Carl Frampton, mm-hmm. the what arguably might be one of the very best 126-pound fighters right now in the world, is fighting Nonito Donaire. Oh, yeah. So Nonito Donaire's uh, back up. He's giving it a try in Belfast. And Showtime is airing this all for free. For all the viewers on both their Facebook Live and their YouTube, it, and also on a little bit of inside information. You know that's yeah. why we have Tuli and Baby. Uh, no, I don't. Because Nonito came to our gym one time and was hanging out with us uh, when I had suffer. Okay. And his wife had the small dogs, and then my wife seen his wife with the small dogs. And Jen was like, "I'm gonna get better dogs." <laughs> well, no. Then she gave her the name of the breeder, and oh, okay. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. So we got our dogs from interesting Donaire's. Breeder. Oh, All right. okay. And you've been happy with the dog since, right? Oh, yeah. You know I love my little Thule. I know. Oh, yeah. I actually thought about putting up a picture of you with Thule on uh, National Pets Day, but I'm like, nah. No, it would have been a good idea. Would, of course, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Everybody likes the every, – everyone loves the juxtaposition of, of big Frank Mir body with little – little Thule dog body. Everybody loves that. It's, it's actually, Butch Bradley uh, does a great routine about it. Because <laughs> yeah, he's, like, he's like, you know, at first it was cute. He goes, and then I, then I see the, the dog in Frank's laugh and – the lap and she's wearing a little skirt and he's he's straightening the skirt and he's tidying up the clothes and i, I realized oh this guy's crazy <laughs> like a like a super villain just stroking his you know little persian cat or you know whatever they do <laughs> dr evil That's um funny. all right now tell me and frank angelo what this issue is with getting um uh, with uh, not being able to get this uh, heavyweight fight happening between uh, uh, Anthony Joshua oh, and, and uh, uh, Deontay Wilder. So the story that's out right now is that um, that's the fight everybody wants to see. Well, it's it would be the it, it would be the unification fight. It's that's the one right. that we built up here at Phone Booth Fighting. Yes, we finally found out how awesome Deontay Wilder is. Hasn't happened since. When's the last time there's been a unified heavyweight a unified champion? Heavy, um, Lewis. I mean, it would be Klitschko. Well, Klitschko, Klitschko but Klitschko lost to Tyson Fury. Then Tyson Fury got into cocaine. And, it's a hell of a drug. So. Okay, so, so see, here's what makes it tricky with boxing. Five minutes after they unify a title, somebody gets stripped. That's what happens because in boxing. Because of drugs? No. <laughs> what happens is one of those organizations decides that they're mad that you won't fight their mandatory challenger, and uh, that title gets stripped well, a lot be, of times now, pretty quickly. Now, to be fair, though, in the heavyweight division, mm-hmm. the lockup on it has been Klitschko for like 10 years. Yeah, yeah. Then prior to him, it was Lennox Lewis. Right. And, you know, so, and then I think prior to Lennox, we had the Tyson thing going yeah. on, and then there was Larry Holmes. Yeah. So, you know, they're, uh, you know, again, having a dominant heavyweight would matter. So And this, they've added sanctioning bodies. Like back when Holmes was champ, you had WBA and WBC. 
Right. I mean, that was we'd have to much, look it up. We'd have to look it. up when the IBF. Then came IBF out. came along, yeah. and then then uh, you had WBO. Yeah. I mean, you've yeah. You, yeah but you know what? Some. Now, now I always compare mm-hmm. this guys to like okay in MMA right now, right? You have you would have a Bellator heavyweight champion, then mm-hmm. a UFC heavyweight champion. There would be an ACB possibly heavyweight champion, and then a one championship heavyweight champion. Right. Mm-hmm. Those to me are like the belts. Like mm-hmm. the WBC, the WBA, the WBO. So, for example, what, what, why couldn't we, and this would actually make a shitload of money, why couldn't we, let's say, Frank wins the belt or heavyweight title? Then he's like, okay, cool. I want to put it up against Stipe Miocic's UFC title, and we would unify it. Why not? Wouldn't it make a shitload of money? Well, yes, but the problem there is you're talking about competing promotions. And that's the reason why Joshua yeah. versus Wilder. Right. And and is if you think a, if you think it's 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 difficult, actually it's one of the reasons it's not so difficult to see a lot of the the big fights sooner rather than later in MMA because so many of those fighters are under the same promotion. Uh, whether it be UFC or or Bellator, but in boxing, it's anytime one promoter has to deal with another promoter. My gosh, I mean, it's that's Mayweather Pacquiao. That's well, why it well, takes so long to it, make something happen, right? And, and and again, and this is one of those ones where, mm-hmm. um, okay, so Frank, here's the thing with uh, the offer to Deontay Walder is basically, without giving you all the super details of it. Deontay Wilder for fighting Anthony Joshua would get $12 million guaranteed. Now, if I said to you, hey, Frank, you're going to go fight Anthony or whoever for $12 million. You're fighting Fedor for $12 million. You'd be like, done, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, but in boxing. I fight for a little bit less already. <laughs> but for <laughs> now for boxing, where it's it, it, this is one of those things where I actually agree with Wilder. Because he worked very hard and the promotions worked very hard Mm -hmm. to finally get him to this point where he should be making Mayweather money or Pacquiao money. And for him to get such a shitty offer, I'm like, well, what's the point? You could probably make, you know, close to that amount fighting people that aren't as hard to beat as Joshua. So isn't, isn't, you know, still double what he probably got fight. I mean, oh no, no, I he got, gets paid a lot, Frank. Like, like get, I mean, he probably what guaranteed six when he fought Luis. Yeah, probably got. Uh, so we'd I mean, have to find out. Like, six so I mean, that's double as double. His, isn't his, the his issue next highest guarantee? Isn't but, the issue that while Anthony Joshua can sell out a seventy thousand seat whatever stadium in England, that Deontay Wilder draws significantly smaller crowds? Yeah, but America's still the cake, man. I mean, like, like I, I still think that if you're going to do a pay per view event. Doing it in the United States is still a big deal, mm-hmm. you know, um, and and it's 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 a massive stage. Like I get well, I mean, it. Can't they just do it in the UK? Fill out ninety thousand because I don't think they're gonna get a ninety thousand attendance here. Mm-hmm. I think they'll get it there. Like mm-hmm. they already got it with uh, um, Klitschko and, yeah, and Joshua. And Joshua. Mm-hmm. So then you have the big fight there as far as uh, your gate. Mm-hmm. but then just have it televised back into the States. You're absolutely right, and it could be a pay-per-view, and that's the whole point is they're not even wanting to give uh, Deontay Wilder any of the cuts. Oh, any of the money. points on the pay-per-view. That's what I'm saying. Is, yeah. that's, no way. Uh, I mean, that's just So this is, this is why mm-hmm. what's being said is, yeah, Anthony Joshua is saying he wants to fight, and I and I actually believe he yeah, wants but, to fight, yeah. but his promoter is playing this weird game yeah. of, well, I'm promoting the number one mandatory to De- uh, Deontay Wilder's WBC, so if he wants to fight that guy first, then he can fight Joshua. And this is the exact reason, Richard Hunter, mm-hmm. why 
Lennox Lewis no. versus Mike Tyson didn't happen until it did. Yeah, because- his management team is basically saying no to Wilder without saying no. Yeah. Exactly. They're He's definitely up like, saying no. <laughs> yeah, no, it sounds like. I mean, to offer him, you're right. That's bullshit. Mm-hmm. To get twelve million, I get it. I mean, like, that's give a lot me a of money. sixty like, forty split. At it's least. like at the brothel when a guy comes in that that a hooker doesn't want to fuck, and he says how much, and she goes twelve million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Again, the reason why you should go April twenty sixth. That's right. At the Laugh, Laugh Factory, Factory in, Chicago, in Chicago, folks. True um, stories. Uh, stories that uh, would be unbelievable if they weren't also true. So then, so that, so I, I did want to say this then, Frank. Like, was it such a bad idea that when Lennox Lewis and Mike Tyson happened, that it happened when it did? Even though I know people are saying it was in the tail end of their careers, they were still sort of kind of equal to each other, and they made a shitload of money. It 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 put HBO and Showtime together, and they had to work together for the first time in history because this fight was that big of a deal, right? So what? And so I've had to do a couple of interviews where they're like, "Well, don't you think it kind of takes away? Let's say Frank, you know, destroys Fedor. Does it kind of tarnish it that they didn't fight earlier?" And my answer has been, "No, it doesn't." When exactly did you want Frank to fight Fedor? When the UFC wasn't that popular and when Frank broke Tim Sylvia's arm? If he had done that in this era, he would be like, world star, you know, everybody would be like, that's crazy, he broke that dude's arm. And back then, they didn't even, like, give you the proper credit. I remember you even talking about how, well, that was kind of a... You know, let like, down, yeah, right. let down, right? And that's the heavyweight championship mm-hmm. of the world. So that would have been shitty and how many fans would have watched it then. And then... When Fedor went into Strike Force, right? Here's another version. So you wanted Frank to fight Fedor when he got trashed by all those other people? Like, no, man. This is the best time for Frank and Fedor to fight because it's equal. They're both equal in everything. This is Lennox Lewis, Mike Tyson. And the reason why millions of viewers should watch it, Richard Hunter, Mm -hmm. is it's free, bitches. Mm -hmm. You don't have to pay $100 for this one. So for all you Freaking Mayweather Pacquiao haters and all these people that are like, I had to pay $80. Okay, then shut up and turn on the Paramount Network, please, on April 28th and watch Fedor versus Frank Mir because you're getting two legends for freaking free. So shut the F up. Stop complaining and just enjoy that you're getting two of the greatest fighters ever in mixed martial arts history for free. And you, phone booth fighting listeners, just got razzed. <laughs> Frank, tell them about the Amazon banner. Hey, go to our uh, phoneboothfighting.com, uh, click on our banner there. Uh, you'll see the Amazon banner. By doing so, you'll be taken and be able to do all your shopping for all your wants and needs. But a small percentage at no extra cost to you comes back here to the show to help us out. That's right. Uh, also, uh, the entire Angelo Reyes line of phone booth fighting merchandise is available in the online store right there at phoneboothfighting.com. So uh, check uh, that out. Multiple styles, all sizes, uh, all colors shipping now. Did we um, do Low T Nation yet? Uh, we did at the top of the show. Of course, go to lowtnation.com, free telephone consultation, and uh, see if you are a candidate for their services. Also, ellisoncoffeeco.com, uh, 10% off your entire purchase by using the promo code phone booth. So do that. And hey. by, by the way, can I just real quick mm-hmm. say I love your Datsu Sara backpack? 
Oh, thank you. You saw it out there, didn't you? Uh, I saw it the first time you brought it in on Saturday yeah, for the practice. Yeah. It uh, makes you look like a really cool backpack. Thanks. Specialist. I appreciate that. Uh, I What I'm doing now is, uh, is, you know, Frank is tapering down his camp. I'm also training with mine. Because, uh, you know, you don't want it to be the kind of thing. I mean, like, you're going to try on your fight shorts before the night of the fight, you know. That's not going to be the first time you put them on. So I'm getting used to the feel of the backpack, and I'm getting the right adjustment. I'm adjusting the tabs right now. It came with this really cool, like, belt thing, and I'm like, do I – do I? it's detachable, so I'm experimenting right now, trying it with, with it on, with it off, kind of like jogging with a weighted vest, you know, things like that. And uh, what I think we should probably do on our – It's a big as a roomie. Yeah, I'll show it to you out here in the Dude, green and, room. And, it, and he has the pro. Like, they don't even have the pros. You can't even buy the pros. No, no, they make it's... these four fighters. Yeah, yeah so, yeah. yeah, I'll show it to you. And you know, then... I travel. You need to tell him. Hey, Amir travels no, twice to... a month internationally. No, he's supposed to have one for you, too, from what I understand. Datsusara? No? Well, yeah. they, they've sent this one for the fight, but okay. I'm sure we can get Frank one. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then I'll have to go through the whole thing with Angelo again. Yes, so, thanks for will. bringing that up. Yes. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, right, you're supposed to get a whole Datsu Sorry. See, look, I, I I just did the Reyes. Yeah, you did. You <laughs> see, I'm getting better. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so uh, next episode, we'll uh, we'll we'll showcase the back. We'll talk about what should be in the backpack. We'll yeah. let the listeners go on the journey with us as we prepare the pack for the uh, Friday weigh-in. Oh, so, and uh, can I just say for you, since yes. you're on preparation, mm-hmm. you've never been in there before, right? The weigh-ins. Well, not like, as backpack like, specialist. No, no. I, I mean, to because they only allow one, right, to go with the fighter. There will only Rich, be one. Richard, it's a very, very serious man. Oh, like, I'm aware. Like you know, you can't trip. Right, like, that can happen. Mm-hmm. Right, when Frank takes off your his clothes, you can't be all bumbling in front of Scott Coker and Rich Chu and Mike Hogan. Mm-hmm. You got to be smooth and cool, man. So we have to drill and, this, man. Oh, know, no, that's what I'm saying. Absolutely. So we'll be in the hotel room. I'll be stripping off my clothes. Yes. And, I'll be I'll be uh, ready with the Pedialyte. Uh, I tell you what, uh, quick uh, two minute bonus story on uh, the time I was embarrassed in front of the uh, largest group of people. Um, I went to our good friends uh, in Blues Traveler, Frank. Um, uh, friends of mine since we were we're all about the same age since we we're all about eighteen nineteen years old. So this goes back to probably the late nineties. And they are playing a summer tour in uh, sort of like amphitheater. So it's probably a crowd of, you know, 12, 14,000 people, something like that. And um, I get to the show, going to go see the show, uh, watch my friends play. And they say, hey, our drum roadie, our drum tech, fell off the back of the stage last night. It was a freak accident. He landed on his face. He's been flown home for emergency surgery. And we have no drum tech tonight. Would you uh, be the the drum tech? So I said, sure. So during the show, I sat on the back of the drum riser, and I would do things like, you know, uh, Brendan, the drummer, would break a stick, and I'd give him a fresh stick or something like that. But he also had each musician, um, to pull back the curtain here, if you're not musically inclined, has their own monitor mix. So he has this speaker that's right by him, the drummer, and he has a unique mix in that. Like maybe he wants to hear more vocal, less guitar, or more bass, less vocal, or something like that. 
And so the guy running the monitor board that would be like in Mikey's job over mm-hmm. there, he can make a different mix for each member of the band depending on how you like your levels and your headphones, or in this case, his monitor. So Brendan is telling me a couple of things early in the set. Hey, tell him more, ba- you know, more bass, tell him more guitar, whatever. So I'm shuttling back and forth from the drum riser to the monitor board, which is off to the side of the stage. So it's an entire half a length of a stage. And this is a big stage. Wow. I mean, this is like a big so 15,000 feet, uh, 15, seat concert venue. So, uh, yep. So I make a couple of runs back and forth to the monitor board. On this particular uh, time, I sort of push off like a sprinter would out of blocks off of the drum riser when I when I do huh did the roll riser go the riser did not move fortunately because it was weighted down with the drums and Brendan and everything else (laughs) that would be fun but when I launched off the riser uh I I overextended my stride I fell face down on the stage and it was just as the band was finishing a song so it was crescendoing you know boom boom on the stage now it's it's compounded by the fact that the band was not playing when the thud happened when the face down thud happened (laughs) perfect timing so i'm face down on the stage the band is in between songs and i can feel the stage start to rumble because of the laughter of fifteen thousand people (laughs) is there any video on this yeah is there on youtube no, there's no video. Oh. Of it. But I'll tell you what, if you ever get See, that would have been World Star. World Star. If you ever get uh John Popper or Chan, any of the guys, ask them this story. They remember it to this day because it was like it was like like you I could feel it, you know? And as I my face was getting hot, you know, from like blushing and everything, and as I began to look up from the stage, I saw 15,000 people and Five band members just doubled over with laughter. Like the whole band was turned around. They wow. were laughing. I had to get up. I had to take the walk of shame over to the monitor board to so, complete so that, the mission. So that night, Big Dick was shameful. It was. <laughs> it was training me, Angelo, for the challenge that I will face on April 27th when I accompany Frank Mir to the Bellator Williams. been under pressure. That's, under that's what I'm saying. Yes. That's what I'm saying. I did not know then what it was preparing me for. Right. Now I know. You didn't now realize that was a horrible moment in life. Mm-hmm. It was only a preparation for the biggest step in your life. That's right. All right. Uh, we will take the next step in phone booth fighting evolution uh, on our next episode when we join you. On this one, we want to thank Angelo Reyes for uh, sitting in with us. Uh, where can everybody follow you on social media, Angelo? Uh, Reyes Striking on uh, Twitter, Reyes Boxing on Instagram. I'm Angelo Reyes on Facebook. And if you follow Frank, then you'll know how to find me. Frank, how do they follow the show? Phone Booth Fighting, can you follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Phone Booth Fighting and uh, Snapchat, Twitter, just at Phone Booth Fight. Tell a friend about this show. Uh, that is the best way you can help us. Help us spread the word, grow it organically, one listener at a time. Look us up on iTunes, Phone Booth Fighting, and click those five stars. You know, we just got our 300th five star review, wow. and we really appreciate those. And uh, if you have an extra moment, write a favorable line or two in the comment section. Frank and I'll read those on the air. We've been 
claiming we're going to be doing that for a couple of weeks now, which means uh, hopefully a few of them at least have built up, and we'll uh, be reading those sooner rather than later. So thanks to you guys uh, for being a part of this one. Uh, so uh, on behalf of Angelo Reyes and Frank Mir and Mikey over there doing a great job producing, as always, I'm Richard Hunter, and we'll see you right back here next time on Phone Booth Fighting.